Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Tom Brenner. Tom Brenner is currently a contract photographer for the New York Times, covering the White House and DC politics. In this interview, I speak to Tom about how he got into photography, studying photography at RIT, and I also speak to him about his current position at the New York Times, covering the White House and DC politics. This was a really interesting interview with a great photojournalist who has an insider's look into the daily life of the president and all that goes in on the White House. Um, So I think people will enjoy this one. And uh, thanks so much for listening and take care. Well, Tom Brenner, welcome to the podcast, man. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here, dude. Um, (laughs) Hey, Alex. It's great to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. So I guess just to start off, um, where did you grow up and... What kind of stuff were you interested in growing up? Was it like always photography or uh, when did that kind of come about? So I think going way back, um, I think it all kind of started Christmas Eve when I was about four or five years old. My uh, We did a Christmas Eve party and all the kids would get one present to open before dinner mm. uh, to keep us from going crazy, I guess. <laughs> and that one present was a throwaway uh film camera okay and i think i just started playing with that and i got really hooked on and i shot the whole roll of film that first night uh blew it all before dinner i think nice uh so it kind of stuck and it kind of faded away for a little bit until my mom got a camera um back in you know 2005 i kind of just stole that and ran away and started shooting everything I didn't know really what I wanted to do with photography. Mm. So meanwhile, at the time, I had grown up and played a bunch of sports, baseball, hockey, um, mainly those two, and also was involved with uh, my local fire department. Um, Joined the Explorers program and kind of got sucked into that world. And at the same time, that was kind of a crossroads. I was 14, 15 doing all those things with photography and someone was like, well, you can do this as a career. Uh, you know, you could you go to college for this and you can take pictures of all the things that you love. So that's kind of introduced at the point where I was allowed to work for the school yearbook in high school. Okay. I would start shooting sports assignments and, uh, going into, you know, fire calls sometimes with my camera, if I could, if I was allowed and, sort of run away with all that nice and that was i enjoyed that that really kind of sparked where i am today cool so it was like um, so what kind of stuff were you shooting when you first started out um i know you mentioned sports was that kind of like the first thing you kind of started photographing when you kind of started getting serious about it yeah that was sort of um you know high school a lot i, I when i did play hockey um there'd be times where i'd be scratched from a game or something like that and i would you know, I have a camera, but I would always go to the games. You know, you have to be there with the team. But it's sort of something to do. I think I, I, with the camera there and shooting games was always um, that kind of drew me back and kept me coming back to games to, to you know, pursue the photography. That's cool, man. Um, that's how, yeah, I really got into it that way nice. and sort of talked to local people who shot for little papers nearby in town. And um, it kind of snowballed into that pursuit oh that's really cool so i guess like um when you're in high school you're shooting that kind of stuff 
Um, <clears throat> did you kind of start off shooting film or were you kind of straight into digital or what was kind of like the first camera you were really shooting with? I honestly have never really shot film. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sadly, I know I should. I always get rattled for saying that. But um, besides a couple college 4x5 assignments, um, uh, it started out, I think it was a Canon Rebel XT with yeah. a couple of kit lenses. Yeah. And that, that was it. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, you gotta you gotta break out the four by five in the White House, man. They'd be cool with that, right? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I'll have to get my hands on one if I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I know you went to RAT, like where I went to school. Um, how did you kind of decide to go to RAT? And uh, did you kind of already know like you were gonna get into the photojournalism program, or how did that kind of work? So going back to uh, actually, both my parents went to RIT. Oh, wow. And my dad had gone for graphic design and my mom had went for uh, a photo, a business photo class, uh, which doesn't really exist anymore. It was out of, for you and I, for the Saunders Business College, um, if you remember that, um, that sort of kind of had this merge, merged fine art business program. Um, So I'd always known about RIT growing up, uh, you know, alumni events or anything like that. My parents would be like, Hey, let's go, uh, you know, we'll we'll check out, check out the campus, see where we went to college. And Mm. so it was kind of always in the, in the realm of conversation as a potential, you know, Hey, what do you you like this place? Cause you you could go here if you wanted to try, you could, you could, you know, try to get in. And that sort of drew me in more. And I was like, Oh, they have a photo program, you know, going back to that conversation, like, Hey, you can do this as a, career if you tried really hard you could make this happen and RIT had that they offered that um at Imagine RIT the first ever I saw photographers at work yep that's really cool um, did you kind of know like already yeah. that you were going to go into the photojournalism program or were you still kind of open <laughs> at that point so sorry sidetracked there no, um, that's fine no in in general I think in high school it came down to in, uh, I wanted to get in photography I wasn't really sure yeah. what I wanted to do. And I knew of some schools in New York city and it was, you know, SVA yep. uh, Parsons, a new school. And they had, you know, photography programs in general. I didn't really, you know, informationally know what they were all about. It was more some, some commercial and fine art type work. And I had toured those schools. I wasn't really too pleased with it, but one of the days that I toured, uh, I saw on Twitter, the BNH photo store in New York city had a military uh, photojournalist, Stacey Pearsall, come in. And she was going to talk with her husband, Andy Dunaway. Yep. And Stacey was like this really well-known journalist who had been working overseas. She was, uh, I believe, in the Air Force or Navy. I'm sorry, Stacey. Mm. Um, her and her husband had, had uh, presented there and showed us this... Uh, all the, the work that they'd done overseas and the documentation of being embedded with, uh, you know, troops yeah. in combat. And that was like, wow, this is a reality. This really makes more sense to me. Uh, not necessarily in the pursuit of complex photography or anything like that, but um, it was just, it was something really real and raw that kind of touched home. And it was like, this is, this has got some truth behind it. It's got some real meaning. And I wanted, I think at that point that was like, that sealed the deal. That's cool, man. 
and then I guess once you got to RAT, um, how did you how do you feel how do you feel that experience was that program? Um, do you felt like it it was helpful to, to what you're doing now? Um, I guess like what kind of stuff were you photographing while you're in school? Um, I, I think at the time I was kind of naive starting out I, and was graduating. I didn't know what the shape of the industry was when I got into school. Yep. And I think my teachers, I mean, they did a very good job at explaining that this is a hard, hard career to get into and it may not work out. It mm. depends. And, you know, you'd come in and, and every year you would hear more and more at the time I had gone into RIT in the fall of 2012 and it was just like newspapers. Everyone was jumping ship. Mm. And the general assignment guy that you wanted to, that I wanted to be didn't look like a future reality. And yeah. so you kind of got worried. And I think that thought in the back of my mind, and especially with my classmates, you know, you had to shape how you wanted to pursue your school education because it really, really mattered. Yep. It was, it was hard to get in there. So I think I, with the advice of my teachers, I didn't like it, but you know, you had to get into the real mentality that you were going to be a small business owner getting out of school mm-hmm. and you had to be wise about what you shot because your finances depended on it. Yep. So with those things like early on continuing the sports and the news and the, uh, you know, the, those newspaper type assignments out for feature hunt, whatever, you had to be sufficient in taking great portraits and, you know, had to go in and assist in a studio, learn how to light things like that, because mm. it's, it's going to be a balance. Uh, when you get out of school, you're going to have to do those things all around, yep. whether you like it or not for yep. us. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like, you got to be a jack of all trades. Um, this kind of yeah. know a little bit about it, everything. And it sucks. It really does. <laughs> and you may not like it because it, you really, you go into school, you see your teachers and your teachers have been so accomplished and, you know, maybe they didn't have to go through the kind of training now for that variety, you know, like back then, you know, it was more in the, uh, you could work at a newspaper and do your, your thing maybe more so than now it's, you know, you're juggling a video camera with a still camera and you've got to produce on time. Yeah. It may not look pretty. Definitely. Um, so when you're at RIT, what were kind of some of the things that you were, you were photographing? Were you kind of working on different little projects here and there? What kind of stuff were you kind of working on or shooting? Um, I shot, like I said, a lot of sports. Um, I kind of, I guess now it's not really, I'm not really shooting that as much anymore. Yep. But um, it would be, the program was kind of a, at its heart, kind of a newspaper mentality driven place where we shoot uh in class you'd have units on uh you know go feature hunting make portraits there's some technical assignments things like that yep um you know embedded with that you'd have to go out and for photojournalism core class in your junior year that you had to produce a portfolio at the end of each semester yeah and that included like a couple stories and you have a variety of singles, uh, single images that span the gamut of, you know, features and sports and, and some new stuff and stuff like that. So 
while doing all that on the weekends, I'd go out some days I would, you know, shoot an event, shoot a festival, shoot the Syracuse state fair, or the days where, you know, people I'd been in touch with, uh, tracking something long-term. Mm-hmm. One of the things I worked on, um, well, I found on Craigslist, uh, or not Craig, I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, uh, go fund me. Okay. Um, these kids were trying to raise money. They were orphans who were adopted by this family and their adopted father was, he was, he had Nash liver disease. That's like liver failure for people who don't really drink. Yeah. And their mother had just died of cancer. Yikes. And so I had been spending time with them and, and they were, uh, all towards mostly at the end of high school, they're going to go into college and start to be adults on their own again. Yep. And I, I stayed with them throughout that story to see how they, you know, would be able to take care of themselves to go to college on their own. Yeah. And sort of uh, that, you know, level of depth into someone's life like that, that, that was the whole spectrum. I mean, it would be, mm. You know, one day, Saturday long, Saturday, you're with that family for the whole day. Sundays, you're shooting games all day. Mm-hmm. Back and forth. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Like, how do you even, like, approach, like, a subject like that? You just kind of, like, you just reach out to them and, like, hey, I just want to photograph your story pretty much? Or how do you kind of go about that? Because that's, like, a, sounds like a pretty intense uh, story. Like, how do you kind of approach those subjects? I think it was, uh, at first... It, it, I mean, uh, with being a student, it took a lot of, a lot of trial and error. I was not good at talking to people mm. from the, from the get go. And I, you know, the advice of my teachers, just best advice was to, you know, I, I, I think I, I hand that family I talked about, I, I think I hand wrote a letter to them, emailed them, explained who I was, what I was trying to do. And I'm trying to tell your story. And at, they once they allowed me in uh, those first couple of nights, uh, about half an hour away from Rochester, um, I went in, into the house without a camera. I had nothing with me because I, I, the most important thing was just to be human. Yep. And they realized that their father was on their on his deathbed, mm. and you know he had a few days left to live, and this is a very tense time in their life to to you know take care of their father. So. I'm this outsider looking in and I think, uh, I mean, going back this is about four years ago, I think the first thing I did was I took their portraits of the, the daughters and I made prints and I gave them the prints yep. as, as thank yous. Nice. Um, it was just in a, we had, I think we had a laugh about something fun, funny aside from this whole situation. And, it was sort of a nice lightning moment for them and me to connect. And I think the Prince really brought that, brought us together. Mm. Uh, something sort of a small memento of something better than definitely. feeling better than we were that day earlier. Yeah, definitely. Sure. That's smart. Um, I guess as looking back like uh, to where you are now, like, do you feel like RT was like pretty valuable to like where you are now? What do you think is like the most important things you kind of learn going through that program? Uh, I think uh, it was absolutely valid. I mean, I, 
I wouldn't have been where I am today without going to school there. Yeah. Um, just a variety of teachers. We had had a change in staff throughout the middle point of my college career. So I got to connect with a lot of teachers in the short window that I was at school for, you know, four years. We had almost, you know, half the staff flip over. Uh, teachers were retiring. And so you kind of had this combination of experience and energy that really made the program go to positive places, I think, and still growing. Mm. Yeah, de- um, definitely. So what was the other part? I'm sorry. Just like, um, I guess just looking back on it, like what do you think is like the most important things you kind of learned going through that um, program t- to like where you are now? Like what do you think is like the most important things from going through that experience? I think uh, I think I missed the boat on certain classes yeah. that would have shaped me for a better future. Mm. I think I wish, um, you know, it was actually, it was, you had him on a few episodes ago with Clay Patrick McBride, who was one of those new incoming teachers. Um, We sat down one day and he was like, man, you got to, you got to get out and do something totally different. Yep. And it was like in class, he goes, yeah, you got to take an acting class. Like you, like you have to go out and just be, do something totally different and it'll help you. It'll make you better human, you know, have more, bring more, bring more to yourself. And I did, and I, I, well, I ended up taking a, a poetry class. Oh, wow. And it was the best, it was one of the best classes I, I think I've ever taken. That's right. uh, it was a small class, and you got to express things that you'd never really got a chance to do, maybe, in mm. front of others. And, and the feedback was, it was really helpful um, to kind of shape something you wanted. Mm. I think I tell that, too. I wish I took a, a fine art class. And maybe some more business classes, fine yeah, art, yeah. fine fine art and poetry, and you know something sociology related. Mm. Just to be, I think the the real message was to take classes that are all about engaging humans. Yep. And because in reality, like I said before, you have to be human first when dealing with and interacting with other people. Yeah, definitely. And those classes contribute to that in a positive way and i wish i i missed i missed out on those for sure yeah and then i saw on your website i'm i think you did a couple internships i think at uh the baltimore sun and then i think another newspaper in albany um how are those experiences and like what did you kind of learn from working at those newspapers uh i started out in yeah at, at albany times union in 2014 and i was in baltimore at the baltimore sun in 15 and then I was in Grand Rapids, Michigan in 16. Um, I think looking back at those papers in that learning experience, um, Albany taught me efficiency, how to manage coverage over a wide uh, geographical area and sort of uh, take ownership of the content that I make and it drove organizational skills uh, for me. It was a, that was a real turning point for how I kind of manage myself. And I think in Baltimore, it was the, I think the reality of, it was right after the 2015, I was there the summer of uh, right after Freddie Gray had happened. And that was something, a new reality for me. And, and, 
got to, uh, we went to a lot of police ride-alongs, things like that, and sort of uh, that human engagement level, again, at an all-time high. Mm. People under distress, police under distress. Yeah. Um, critical moments of when, you know, you may want to cry, but you also have to work and how to manage those emotions. Yeah, definitely. And when to talk to somebody about things that you see that may be um, tough to, to embrace. Yeah. Um, coming to terms with that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, others have had, have seen things, I'm sure, uh, you know, tremendously worse. And it's, but it's, it's important to talk to somebody about things that, that you may be uncomfortable with. And it's important to know that sometimes you got to fight your emotions and, and keep working, yeah. push yourself to, to breach uh, that sort of mental block when you're scared mm-hmm. a little bit and you have to keep going. Yeah. That I think is what, you know, push that further. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's amazing, man. Um, so what were your kind of like responsibilities when you were interning for the newspaper or were you just kind of working with other photographers or did they just kind of throw you right into it? Um, they all kind of threw me into it and I kind of wanted to be thrown into it. Mm. Um, I don't, I didn't mind really being on my own at first. I think I, I did in Albany have a couple sort of ride alongs with staff photographers. Yep. Um, just to understand that lifestyle of running and gunning, if you will. Yep. But I'd get in the work. I'd get an email the night before, figure out, you know, what kind of assignments we're looking at, uh, for the day ahead. And I'd grab my gear and uh, head to those assignments, sometimes not even go to the newsroom. Mm. And I would have to cover uh, anything, two to six assignments, two to four assignments a day in Albany, sometimes two to six in Baltimore. Damn. Um, <clears throat> and I would I would take, shoot, usually get back in my car, um, shoot in the backseat because it was too sunny, so I had to, I could see my laptop screen, but I'd uh, send everything in uh, wirelessly to the desk and, and move on to the next one. That's really cool, man. Sounds like a pretty exciting uh, way to kind of start out. Uh, oh, absolutely. Like when you were kind of in school, were there like any photographers you kind of looked up to or admired, like people's work that you were kind of looking at? Um, I think at the time, I my views had sort of changed uh, on that. Um, I think, I don't know, I, a lot of, I really focused in a lot of news photographers at the time and some sports mm-hmm. shooters as well. Um, I look a lot at like, um, uh, we see stuff from, uh, we had access to all the wire services in college for our photo editing class. And so that kind of got the opportunity to give me the opportunity to see, what was out there. Yep. And so you'd see a lot of guys from services like Reuters and Getty and, and AP and the times. And, uh, I don't know if I, at the time generally found anyone one and done to be a total favorite. It was always kind of changing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cause I, I think personally, I didn't know what I wanted to do or be at the time. Yeah. Um, so I never really settled on anybody. Um, you know, you had your, your, big names and you've got the Carol Guzzi's of the world and mm-hmm. um, sort of all focus on those. And uh, it's kind of the, a great way to, to really know 
what the driving force is behind this industry and sort of helps you understand what's out there and what you want to shoot for. Yeah, definitely. So once you finished school, um, did you kind of have a goal in mind or what did you kind of, what was your kind of first step once you finished RIT? After I got out of school, I was just going to continue in the newspaper world. I got an internship at the Grand Rapids Press in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I think I went there about a week after school and got out. And so I kind of rushed to go halfway across the country and feeling kind of excited, not really sure, you know, kind of, I'd never really been to Michigan. So it was something, you know, interesting and new and fresh. Yep. And uh, I had freelance a bit through school towards the end, um, some wire services and, um, you know, had that thought on the back burner, but I was like, I need something secure. I need to go and do something that's, you know, something that I know and feel comfortable with to start. Yeah. So I interned in Grand Rapids and the Midwest was totally not for me. It was much slower. Um, I had grown up in New Jersey mm. around New York city. So I was like used to this fast paced lifestyle and it just wasn't the case in Michigan. Mm. And at the time I think I was, I was really burned out of what I was doing and um, I was going to quit photography altogether. Oh wow. Um, and yeah. And I, I had gone, I had, left to Grand Rapids Press in late September of 2016. And I got accepted to the Getty Adams workshop mm. in uh, that fall in October. And that was sort of the last spark of, uh, you know what, this is pretty cool. You know, maybe there is still room for me in this and maybe I can, I can make something out of this yep. photojournalism lifestyle. Um, but I need a break. Yeah. I want to be done. Yeah. I go home and I sat at my parents' house for four or five months and I enrolled in fire academy to be a firefighter, mm. um, that or like police academy, something, something different that I could sort of grasp onto. Um, I thought this is it. I'm not interested anymore. I'm not getting any work. This is nothing good. Yep. And I uh, started, uh, stringing for the times and, I've worked my way up from a tiny little local paper up to the New Jersey star ledger. I worked for the New Jersey devils for a bit shot for some magazines for NPR, Smithsonian magazine. Okay. Um, gone through all that and sort of built my way up to the DC chapter of my life. Yep. Yeah. So how did, how did you kind of link up with the New York times? Um, how did that kind of come about? Cause I know that's where, that's where you're at now. Right. Um, so I'm currently on contract with the times, um, through, uh, almost up to a year now. Um, at that time I'd gone to a thing called, uh, well, I still do rather, uh, NPPA puts on an event called the Northern Shore Course. It's a great, uh, weekend, three day weekend event, uh, that yeah. showcases a bunch of photographers that, you get to do meet and greets and portfolio reviews and you get to hear presentations and stuff like that. So, uh, a friend of mine, Al Drago, who also does a ton of work for the times, uh, he had recommended I should check out the world of politics. He had interned at the times before. And I also known him at the Baltimore sun. Yep. He said his boss was going to be there presenting. It was a political panel for the past election year. And 
he said, you should go check it out. This this guy, Doug Mills. He's a photographer. You should go, go talk to him. And I knew of Doug and I always looked at his stuff before and admired him. He was a really awesome guy. And I said, like, is he going to be around? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Go, go see him. Go see him. I said, okay. And I waited, I think 20 minutes or so. And he was talking to a bunch of people. And finally, after the panel, uh, we were standing there. I said, Hey Doug, are you going to be, I shook his hand. I said, are you going to be looking at portfolios later tonight? Cause it was a review night. Yep. He says, no, but you can come shadow me. Nice. And I said, all right, I'll pick you up on that. And I did. And I emailed him right away and said, Hey, I'd like to do this. What's, what can I do? And I wait a little bit. And, uh, he said, yeah, come to the, uh, come see me, uh, in DC. You can shadow me for a day. And, and I did. And I was, I was hooked. That's awesome. Um, I'd, I'd seen the Easter egg roll at the white house and got to see how things were worked rather. Um, and that really, uh, I felt, it felt good to be there. You know, on the first day, um, I love history. I minored in history in college, so it's kind of it was a little close to home for me. It was, it was good. It was a good feeling. That's cool, man. Like, was covering politics always something you thought you might be interested in shooting, or is that this something that kind of came about? Not at all. No. Not at all. No. I I uh, I was caught off guard. That photographer Al Drago, uh, he was saying to me one time. He said, "You know, you should you should check out political DC." DC politics photo scene. You might be interested in it, you know, and I'm like, you know, enrolled in fire Academy. I was living at home and I was like, no, like, I don't know if that's really for me. I don't know if that's what I want to do. And, mm. and he was right. He was absolutely right. And I did uh, dive into it head first and uh, turned out I love it. Yeah. That's amazing, man. You went from almost quitting photography and now you're working in the white house every day. So that's pretty, yeah. uh, pretty amazing, man. I'm glad you stuck. It's, I'm glad you stuck with it. <laughs> uh, me too. I'm, I, I, it's an absolute privilege to be here every day and, and to do what we do and to call a profession. I can't, Yeah. I'm seven months in and I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, so now like, what are your kind of like responsibilities for the times? Like, what does a kind of typical day look like for you? Like, uh, you basically, you just cover the white house and the president pretty much, or what's kind of like your responsibilities? So I, uh, divide my time between, uh, Capitol Hill and the white house. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, sometimes, you know, in town events in DC, um, for, for, you know, news purposes and whatnot. Um, I will spend my time generally, um, give or take split between the White House and the Hill. Um, each of those places is very different. Yep. Um, in the White House, it's very more, uh, it's got a very different structure. Um, you have a schedule every night that comes out that's produced and that explains to you the president's schedule that you can, all the events that the press corps is allowed to attend and what they are not allowed to attend. Mm. Um, basically we have desks inside the white house and some days are extremely slow and other days, you know, you're running around and the president is doing various events. Um, those can be meetings. Those can be speeches. They can be, um, uh, press briefings or special guests 
uh, leaders of foreign countries coming to the U.S. Mm. and they have a little ceremony, things like that. Um, it all changes day to day. You don't know. Like right now, it's probably what almost eight o'clock at night, and I I don't know what tomorrow will bring. Yeah, schedule. Yeah, so I won't hear probably yeah. for another hour. Yes. Yeah. So do your so, edi- do your editors kind of give you like? we're looking for a photo of this or is it more like just go to this location at this time and shoot stuff or they kind of give you more direction or how does that kind of work? So they, yeah, I think every day we might have certain people that, uh, we need to photograph. Yep. And I think that they, they do trust my judgment a little bit to, uh, to shoot a style that, I think is acceptable and what they're sort of looking for. Mm. Um, the beauty of the times is, you know, we, I work alongside uh, various wire services who always have photographers present, uh, when shooting events Mm. and the times, uh, they have some of those uh, services that they subscribe to. And so that's sort of at times it's not quite a safety net, but it's, sort of a, a easy breather to let you cover your bases, get your safe shots, you know, um, the handshake, the basic gestures at microphones, things like that. Yep. And then on the other side of the coin, you go do what you want to do and explore a little bit in the tight confinement that you're allowed to move in Yep. and to be as creative as you can and to express the story in your own way. Okay. Um, that outside of what like you might see on TV or you would see anywhere else, do your own thing. Yep. So, um, and that has been like a breath of fresh air. That's awesome, man. It's like, do you, how does it work? Like, so say today you, you went and shot a meeting or something with the president. Are you, edi- <laughs> are you editing through your own photos? Or are you sending them back to like New York yes. with the editor? Or how does that kind of work? So sorry. Um, so yeah, so on, so on top of that, all, Let's say uh, I'll have a, a shoot in the uh, Oval Office. The president's going to meet with someone. I'll have that information ahead of time. Mm. I go into my laptop and I pre-caption everything mm-hmm. and put in all my information. And I will go in, shoot that. It's called a photo spray um, where we have limited time to make photos, three, four, or five minutes. Okay. Or today, in today's case, an hour. Um, go in, get out. I will speed because of competitive purposes yep Uh, i will tag photos and camera so i have my ins and my outs and as soon as i put the i run back put that in my laptop tone it really quickly in photoshop send it out right away to new york and we ftp out photos okay Uh, it's a common common thing so i yes all my stuff feeds back to editors uh in new york at the headquarters so nice um, it's all pretty wireless cool and then, like, one thing I was going to ask, like, did it kind of take you a while to get comfortable, like, photographing at the White House and, like, around, like, I mean, you're around yeah. people that, like, this, they move the world, like, just the president and all these, like, big people, you know, and, like, also there's, like, so many other photographers there. I would imagine it can get kind of competitive. Did it kind of take you a while to get comfortable photographing in that type of environment? Yeah, I, it definitely took a long time to, it took a few months I think I started in July, got to October. October felt like the most comfortable I'd been since uh, since I'd gotten there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it is very competitive, but 
you sort of you work a you have a good working bond with the people that you you work with every day. Yeah. Um, you know, we all joke around, uh, have fun with each other, and that keeps the the tension down. I mean, it's a very scary thing. You know, you're feet away from the president of the United States. Yep. And um, that day's news is very critical. But I think you know you have to tell yourself that it's it's eventually you break it down to where it's just one man mm-hmm. and that you always show respect for the office and you salute the rank, not the man. Mm-hmm. And, um, despite, despite the, you know, however invested you are in the, in the politics, yep. you have to remove yourself. And this is what I'm shooting today. And, and very, uh, shoot it objectively. And you have to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Do your job. And yeah, you have to go, you follow through with, with the protocol of doing your job, yeah, no matter what. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, being a photojournalist, like, how would you kind of describe, like, what's your job? Like, do you think you're not there to put your take, your take on politics? You're more, do you look at it as, like, you're just there to document that moment? Or do you feel like your political views ever, like, go into the photos? Or how do you kind of view that kind of thing? I My political views do not go into my work. Mm-hmm. But my knowledge of the news of the day or the week or whatever that is applied to the situations that we are thrown in to make photographs. in. yeah, you have to be with the press court. We are the most informed people on the planet for this stuff. And that is what feeds into how you portray the subjects in front of you. Yeah. Um, Everybody will say that, Mm -hmm. you know, but we're always doing research, uh, like before we set this call, I was checking in on the afternoon, you know, headlines. Yep. Uh, in in preparation for tomorrow. Yeah. So that's always, like I said, we have to respect the office uh, at all costs. Yeah. You can't have a day where you're not, you know, where you're upset at the president for something. That's just not going to work. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And then one thing I was going to ask is like being like, I guess, photographing in the White House, like how do you kind of like, if you're just shooting the same rooms, like a meeting, like how do you like make sure you're like taking an interesting picture? Cause I would imagine that's kind of a challenge where you're just photographing the same room like over and over again is like, do you have like an approach how you kind of deal with those kind of situations? Yeah, I think it's two things, two thought processes. And that's um, one, you're not going to have great days. Mm-hmm. It's gonna it's gonna be some really crappy conditions to shoot. The light is bad. The, the, the color, the white balance is off. Things don't go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to know um, a really heavy knowledge of your gear mm-hmm. and know what it can do. And uh, I think having the experience to allow future confidence to take risks. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to come quickly. It comes with research of other people, how they shot things. Yep. Um, and that goes with time on your own to play and yep. learn about what, how far you can push your, your equipment. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I've seen like some of the cool photos you post on Instagram. It's just like you do some real like creative stuff. Like you had a cool photo of like it was like some photographers like standing on a ladder and they were obviously photographing uh, President Trump. And then you kind of oh, yeah. you photographed them and it was like a, a screen with President Trump. So I, I thought I, that kind of stuff right. where it's like a little thing, but this kind of different perspective on it. That's the stuff that's kind of when you're like in a boring meeting room, that's kind of how you make an interesting photo is kind of take a 180 Absolutely. literally take a 180 and see what else you can kind of create um i kind of i love that's that stuff exactly it yeah that, and and i'm going back with the research part too i mean the, the president isn't um necessarily fond of the of the the news yeah. um he's publicly said this and that element of this administration yep. will apply to how you tell the story of this place yep um you know, it's, I hate to say, but it's not always about him. It's about us sometimes. You know, you got to, like <laughs> yeah. you said, turn around and, you know, but you got a glance of what your colleagues are doing and, and the efforts that are, you know, taken to cover this person. Mm. Um, that's part of the story too. Yeah, definitely. And like how you just mentioned, like, uh, yeah, the president has been pretty negative about the New York times. It's been well documented, like, how do you guys handle that? Like, is it something, like, you guys discuss internally? Like, is it something you guys try to block out and just do your job? Like, is it even something you guys talk about? Like, how does that kind of work? I mean, he has been pretty critical um, of the New York Times. Yeah, he has. And you know what? He's got um, he's got a right to do so. Yep. He's, you know, exercising the First Amendment, and so are we. Yep. Personally, it doesn't bother me. Mm. It doesn't get to my head. It's... You know, it's just, you know, tomorrow will be a new day mm -hmm. and just keep pushing to make better pictures the next day. Yeah, that's, um, that's smart. You can't, you can't let that go to your head. Yep. It's, you know, the, a president lasts for four years to eight years mm -hmm. and it, times will change. It's people will forget mm -hmm. uh, or, or move on. It's nothing, it's nothing that will be mission critical that would, anyway sabotage how we how we do our jobs yep. you know uh we come back every day yeah definitely like he's gonna do what he's gonna do at the end of the day you're just there to take pictures yeah, and, and document and document it pretty much um, is that yeah it's, it, that's the way it's gonna be and and you know we just we keep keep on keeping on just do your job and uh i haven't had any problems so far doing my job yeah. despite the negativity we're still shooting away so it, it is what it is that's good man keep shooting keep shooting uh I, For sure. And looking on your Instagram, I saw a couple weeks ago you got to travel to Switzerland. Um, I think it was for the World Eco Economic – I can't say that word <laughs> – Summit. Uh, uh, with, yeah, that's right. Yeah. How how was that experience? Like you guys all, the journalists, travel like on Air Force One. Like how was that kind of experience? And were there like any challenges traveling with the president versus like photographing him in D.C.? How was that kind of experience? Well, it was uh... – it was actually my first time in Europe. <laughs> mm. um, but uh, yes, I did. Uh, we went to Switzerland and Davos for the World Economic Forum. Yep. And uh, it was, uh, I, yes, we'd, we'd taken Air Force One across um, to shoot. And we were there for about 48 hours, probably less than that. Uh, but it's generally, the protocol is very, uh, it, it tried to be as close to DC regular as possible um, where we have transportation and we have uh, 
a daily schedule that's usually released the night before. Yep. Um, and it really wasn't anything terribly new that we hadn't seen, excuse me, in the States. Um, he had a couple bilateral meetings with foreign leaders. Yep. And he, you know, a couple uh, sporadic movements where he would, you know, walk to dinner. And so we'd get him down the stairs um, or we, he'd be in the dinner with business leaders, you know, business economic people attending uh, the event and we'd get a five minute window to shoot him wow. with his colleague at dinner um, and like that. Um, so that was the normal, I guess, schedule mm. on top of having no sleep and having a time change, totally jet lagged. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and not speaking any German or French or <laughs> <laughs> any of that, which it didn't really it didn't really matter for us there. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, we, we stay in a different hotel, yep. uh, outside of Davos, mm-hmm. about an hour away. And we have local drivers take us back and forth, take the press corps. There's 12 of us, mm-hmm. uh, or 13. I could be wrong about that. I'm sorry. Uh, there's four photographers plus the president's photographers. Mm. And it's, uh, we travel all together. Uh, and a couple of vans, and um, we uh, are escorted by a wrangler, someone who's in the uh, press office who sort of uh, guides us through our days okay. uh, for work. That seems that seems like a if pretty that makes sense. Yeah, no, that seems like an interesting environment. You're, like you're traveling with a bunch of different photographers. I, I picture because that's pretty unique. Like uh, being around that many photographers, you feel like that's kind of you guys kind of push, yeah. push each other, and you kind of learn a lot from each other. Um, being in that kind of, like, since you're like traveling so close with one another, it is, yeah, it is like that. Um, this is not the first time I travel uh, in the air with a president, but when we do out of town travel, it's reduced. So there's only four photographers plus the president's photographers. Okay. Um, in the what is known as the tight pool. Okay. So a small group of us go and cover out of town events. Okay. Um, so going back to that first conversation, those guys that I'm with, I mean, they're, they're good friends. They're good people. Mm-hmm. And everyone's really well trusted by the organizations. And so you're kind of, uh, even though the circumstances don't really communicate it, you have a really fun, positive time with these guys yeah. and girls Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that, that's cool. that, that make the trip, you know, it helps you stay awake, frankly, because you're always kind of <laughs> laughing about something. Yeah. <laughs> Or anything, but yeah, we always, you know, there are times when, you know, the ships are down and you're drained and you don't want to shoot anymore and you're tired and you know the guy next to you maybe will be like, it's all right, I'll help you with something or you know, anything like that. Yep. Uh, or he's gonna bring you a cup of coffee sometimes or vice versa. Yep. Um, little things like that that will keep you going. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Um, and then one thing I was gonna ask is like, what do you think is like the biggest thing you've learned about? this like politics since like starting this job like did you have any kind of preconceived notions about what it was going to be like when you got there and has that changed since you've kind of been working in this environment in the white house and stuff that's a great question um you know i i've been thinking about this for a while because it's it's i'm still kind of like shocked that i'm doing this Mm -hmm. work um I think that, and I mean this in a positive way, that 
as, as much attached as you can be. I mean, you have to tune into everything to stay alert and connected mm-hmm. and up to date with the people that you cover. Mm-hmm. But you need to, you need to take a break every now and then. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't quite matter as intense as you would think uh, in my realm. You know, I'm like, you know, trying to run a hundred miles an hour Yeah, and it's, it's not a marathon. It, it, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you need to, you need to pull yourself back from the fray from here and there to grasp onto what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it'll drive you nuts. It will truly make you crazy. And if this is all you're doing, yeah. it will make you nuts. Yeah, it definitely seems like a the job you're in is definitely like a young man's game. Like it definitely seems like a grind, just like from. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I, there's some guys. That, really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All some right. of the senior photographers have seen everything for very. They have a lot of experience, and they're always they always have something to offer. Yeah. To, to learn from. But uh. Yeah, definitely. So, that's cool. That's one. Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, and then like I guess a few more questions. I'll let you go. Um, yeah, um, I guess like, yeah, cool, man. Uh, do you kind of have like a certain approach to the way you shoot, like to make like a compelling photograph or are you kind of this kind of free, freewheeling or like, do you kind of like when you get an assignment to shoot every day, like, do you kind of have like a way you shoot, like shoot some wide stuff, tight stuff, or how do you kind of approach each, um, day, I guess? I think I go back to the basics of schooling and that's, you got to hit your wide, medium, tight, mm-hmm. two shot, and a detail. Yep. And cover your bases that way. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with that, with knowing the schedule, where I'm going to shoot, the rims I shoot in, will dictate the choice of equipment that I use to to cover. Yep. Uh, every, you know, how I, how I do my coverage. Mm-hmm. And I think also, too, with having the other wire services there, the people there. Mm that in a fun, playful way, you got to say to yourself, well, screw it. I'm not doing what they're going to do because they're all fighting for the same. Yeah. You know, they might be, they might be fighting for the same, uh, same place, same look or, or you know, yep. in the competitive sense, something similar. Mm-hmm. And the times doesn't really, you know, they look for, they're always looking for something different and you've got to owe it to yourself to give yourself the time to make those risks. Yeah. And to, to shoot it totally different. If the whole press core is down at the one end of the rope line, you get yourself to the middle or at the far end, the other end. Yeah. You totally see it different. Yeah. Because you're safe. You're, you, you'll, you know, take risks. It's yeah. the biggest Definitely. bottom line. Yep. And then um, what kind of gear do you normally, um, I guess, bring with you on a day-to-day basis? Do you kind of have like your standard kit you use, use for every day or? Does it kind of switch up, or what's your kind of go-to kit? Um, I've got a wide variety of gear. I think um, on Capitol Hill, the lighting is atrocious. Uh, it's really dark, and it's really weirdly colored. And uh, So I'll shoot a lot of fast, wide-open, fixed glass. Mm. Um, I use two Canon 1DX bodies. Okay. And uh, I sometimes three. Okay. And... I will shoot uh, in the White House sometimes a twenty four to seventy in the seventy two hundred, mm. um, in the hill sometimes a thirty five and an eighty five. Yeah. Um, when traveling, if I know that the events are going to be lit by for, lit for television, so 
aka there's enough light. Um, I'll use, I'll bring my 2470 and a 100 to 400 um, and roll very light because okay. I have to move on the fly. Yeah. So on those travel trips, you're always shooting, ingesting, filing, mm. filing, filing, filing. So you need to cut down your equipment. Yeah. So definitely small backpack, simple setup. Nice. And then uh, one thing I was going to ask is like, uh, um, I noticed on your website you do like multimedia or you have in the past. Is is that something you enjoy doing? Um, have you been able to do any of that while you're at the White House or is it just strictly stills for you now? Um, how do you it's, Yeah, it's, it's been, I think video is a really critical asset for students especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's super hard to get a, a newspaper job without doing video. I never, it was not my primary love. I could do it. I think I could, I could have a lot more uh, room to grow for sure. Mm. But um, I, that hasn't really been part of my life in the last couple of years. Yep. So I've been uh, moving, yeah, strictly still uh, in this political realm. Cool. And then uh, also one thing I want to talk about, because being a photojournalist, um, could you talk a little bit about what you're allowed to do in terms of like editing your photos. Cause I know, are you allowed sure. to, are you allowed to crop your photos? Are you allowed to like do toning? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we, at school at RIT, we have a, a photo journalism ethics class that covers a spectrum of things from toning rules to um, legal engagements amongst photographers, things like that. Hmm. Um, what I'm allowed to do every day is I can, um, I go in, I'll, I'll ingest, I'll, I can crop, I can dodge and burn, play with my curves. Um, I can sharpen a bit. I can, you know, noise reduction, things like that. Hmm. Play with the vibrance, a tad, uh, all things to respect the reality of the scene that I just shot. Yeah. Um, I can't, can't clone stamp anything and I can't refine anyone's skin. I can't, you know, no healing brush, no, uh, nothing that would in any way alter the photograph. Mm. Um, we are allowed to, if there's dust on my sensor and in my new form, I can, you know, use that healing tool to uh, spot heal to take out the bits of dirt on the sensor. Okay. Um, if need be, but that's about as far as it can go. Yeah. Um, in respect also to keeping the color balance to be as realistic as possible. Yeah. And then you can skin tones. And then if you're like photographing like in a room and there's like, uh, like a coffee cup on the table, you're not, you can't touch any of that to like make the photo better. Like you're not, that's like, like bad. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's yes, one, that's can't. one thing I, I think is interesting. A lot of people don't know, like, with especially if it's the president. Thing, yeah. Cannot... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I cannot. Uh, I cannot move anything. Yep. I can't change a, if if a planter is on the table. Yep. And if flowers in the way, I have to move. I've got to get up and go. I yep. can't. You know. Uh, now, generally, in the news world, I mean, outside of like the White House. Yep. That's more so an issue, I think. And here, you know, it's sort of uh, the press office takes care of that because they want coverage to be uh, of their the president needs to be access or accessible as possible mm. uh, by camera 
Yep. And if there's any obstruction to the limited time that we have already with him, yep. um, if he can't communicate those messages out, mm. you know, with clarity, visually speaking, mm. um, you know, that's a problem. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that's it. We cannot, you can't move anything. You can't shuffle anything around. Yep. And then I guess like, what do you think, what's like the thing you enjoy most about your current job? Um, that, what do you think you like about it right now? Uh, that was a loaded question. Yeah, I know. Sorry, man. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I have any single one answer. Yeah. And yeah. It's the, the sort of hidden beauty behind the fact that I can go on a regular commute to a confined space and have an, un, uh, a totally questionable level of madness yep. in those confined spaces. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen when you turn that corner and doing things, you know, I, like I said, I love history and, you know, you get to fly in air force one all the time, mm. helicopters, motorcading 70 miles an hour through a city street with the president yeah. or, flying in choppers in the, in the Swiss Alps with the president uh, information. Like these are just, uh, just things that I'm forever grateful for. And that keeps me coming back. I think that's, yeah, yeah that's amazing, yeah, man. Yeah. There's looking like I the said, real truth. Yeah. There's looking at your Instagram. It's just wild, man. Like I, I would imagine like your friends and family must just be like, what are you doing today? <laughs> like it's pretty, uh, it is. <laughs> it's yeah. Good. Sometimes I'll be like, uh, you know, I FaceTime with my parents every Sunday, and they're like, well, are you going to be home? Like, where are you going to be? <laughs> yeah. Or my roommates, I'll come back from a long day, a yeah. day trip. Like, we did a day trip to Salt Lake City, mm. uh, down and back. And I came back, and my roommate's like, oh, what's you, babe? White House? I was like, no, Utah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, just real casual like that. So it's kind of, some days are, it's funny. That's awesome, uh, man. Um, but, that's really yeah, cool. it's, it's a little things, too. It, it's, yeah. Uh, I'll let you know. Uh, give, it, give it six months. Maybe I'll have a better answer for you. No, that's perfect, man. And I guess this is my last question is like, um, do you have any goals for your photography moving forward? Um, could you ever see yourself shooting anything else besides politics or just kind of in general, like anything you're kind of looking to work on for the future? I think right now I, I, I want to stay in the political game. Mm-hmm. I could see myself going back to doing news or even some freelance stuff in, in a city somewhere um, on my plate right now. I, I think I really want to bring something more to the table and shoot some longer term stories or some stories that are related to uh, the political, the, the people that we photograph every day mm. um, and sort of grasp the reactions and, and ripple effects of the actions that they make and choose to make. Mm. Um, the people that, that are affected by those choices every day. Yep. I think some of those things, I have a hard time because of the timing of it all, you know, working full time, you don't always have the ability to go out and do those stories. Yeah. Um, but to pursue something like that is, is in the, is in the fold. Cool. Well, perfect Tom. Well, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on here, dude. Hey, um, thank you. It's great to be on. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to seeing more of your work in the future. And um, for people that are going to listen to this, like, where's the best place to check out your work? So right now I'll be uh, best on uh, Instagram, sadly. My domain on my website went up, so I'm renewing that today. Okay. All right. So uh, for now, you can reach me at, um, at Tom 
underscore Brenner. And uh, I'll have my info updated pretty soon from there. Nice, man. We'll all link it on here and people can go check it out. And uh, yeah, thanks again, dude. I guess we can just cut it there. Absolutely. It was great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on the show. So there you have it. That was the Tom Brenner interview. I want to thank Tom so much for coming on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting to speak with him about all his work, um, being he was the first photojournalist we had on the podcast. It was really interesting to hear about all the things he does within the White House and D.C. politics. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And going forward, just wanted to let you know, I'll be having weekly podcasts, and I post those on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, at alexgagnephoto.com, as well as on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks for listening, and take care.